the Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in wine and space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Hello, hello, boys and girls, and a very Merry Christmas. It's the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. Happy Christmas! Yes, it, we're in festive cheer here at Podcasting House. What have we got this time? We're going to watch the Black Mirror Christmas special, White Christmas. Well, I love Black Mirror. Uh, I've not seen all of them by any means, but it's a very, very clever program that we will come on to in a moment. But before we do, it's time to get out the Christmas cheer. We need to get out the tonic screwdriver, open the gin. And jingle some bells, because this gin is from Finland. Where Father Christmas lives, it is Kalevala. A small batch distilled gin, and it is 46.3%, very, very precise. And the info bollocks says, Tucked away in the forests of easternmost Finland, the family-owned Kalevala distillery carries on a spirits manufacturing heritage in a region home to the eponymous Kalevana epic. Okay. Using only the best organic ingredients and water from our own well, Kalevala gin is slowly distilled and hand-bottled in small batches for your sipping pleasure. Well, the bottle itself is sort of quite um, plain, but with... I don't know what that... It looks like a sort of sparse Christmas tree, but it's not, is it? What is it? Even you don't know, so that gives me hope. You're supposed to tap your phone on the side of this to get stuff... We might give that a whirl in a bit. But, oh, it's not a, I thought it was a QR. It's not a QR. Oh, bollocks to it. We'll sort that out. No, it'll be whatever that electronic doohickey thing under there is. NFC, it says. I don't know what that means. We're going to have to investigate this. But as, as Black Mirror is all about, or one of the themes of it is weird technologies, we found a gin bottle with a weird technology on it. Completely by accident. Yeah, so we didn't actually plan this. <coughs> But that'll be a surprise to know. Yes. Uh, but it does look very appealing in the glass because it's another cloudy gin. It's got a louche. We have a Christmas louche. A Christmas louche. Um, and we like cloudy gins. Oh, it's quite, it smells quite... Um, Wintry. It's... Sprucey. Yeah, have I got sort of pine notes coming out of that? I think we do. Good God. I, 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 right. But it tastes sort of lemony. Oh, that's with odd. Bit, with a bitter kick to it. It's kind of lemon and pine, which makes it sound a bit like a cleaning product, but it doesn't, I assume, taste, <laughs> taste like it. I haven't gone around tasting gin. Is this another one from your squatting days, a pre-drink? No. <laughs> Meths with a Domestos chaser, please. I don't know what to make of that. It's, um... It's really unusual. Yeah. Um, Sort of sweet and bitter at the same time. That's the second one we've had this session. And the aftertaste is the sweetness carrying through. Mm. It does have that lemony tang to it without tasting like that. That's really odd. I really quite like that. I'm going to give that a four. I'm going to give it a four purely because it's so damned unusual. And I wouldn't race back to it, but if you were given a glass of this, you would be quite happy because it's just different. Yes, I agree. 
But glass in hand, let us uh, descend into the undergallery. Let's open up the Black Archive. What have oh, you got for us? Look, Spaff's got a Christmas tree. He has? Oh. I think it's probably supposed to be a Christmas tree. Looks a little bit. Um, Distressed. Yes. Spaff! He's in here somewhere. I don't know what he's up to. No, he's been at the eggnog. It was the same last Christmas. What have you got for us this time? Well, I'm going to go with a Christmas theme. Really? What a surprise. What I would like is the missing episodes of Christmas Night with the Stars. This was a Christmas variety thing, mainly sort of 60s and 70s. And as well as the the variety acts, you would get little snippety sketches from popular shows of the time. So Dad's Army did a, a sketch, The Rag Trade did a sketch. And some exist, but not very many. And it would be nice to have them all back. Christmas when I was a kid, it tended to be very much a case of, on television, there were all the Christmas specials of programmes that you would see throughout the year. And they were always peppered with stars. It was a sort of a a bit of a loving Christmas, and variety shows were sort of a staple. You don't really get it too much anymore. Uh, I've got a very nostalgic glow for that period of TV. Looking back on it now, it... If we saw it, it would probably be a bit shit. But I do, oh, I did no. quite like it. Morecambe Wise Christmas specials. I don't. Oh no, that, that's that's on another level. That's you, you, no one would ever have the balls to be disrespectful to that because they were genuinely good. I watched some Dick Emery recently, and not aged well. Yeah. But, oh no, but Christmas around the TV. Again, I don't know, I, I suspect people do not do this anymore, but you'd get the Christmas Radio Times and go through it and mark things with felt-tip pen. Must not miss this, must not miss that. And people won't do that anymore because it's just television's moved on. But it was an event, Christmas, and now it's not so much. And going off topic a little bit, but if you look at the scheduling for Christmas Day, it's deeply shit, really. There's nothing on Christmas Day now that you look at and think, that film's been on before. That shit, that's not... There's nothing. Whereas back in the day, it was... It was when you always got the new James Bond. No, Boxing Day was the new James Bond. Boxing Day was Bond. Christmas Day, you'd get, oh, something like bed knobs and broomsticks in the morning. Um, There'd always be The Great Escape. There'd always be some kind of disaster movie, so... Towering Inferno, that was a... Poseidon Adventure. Yes. Oh, Christmas past... Morgan Wise Christmas special, Mike Yarwood Christmas special, Dick Emery Christmas special. Little bit before my time, I don't remember watching Dick Emery as live. I've seen it since, but I was I, I, I was eighties. You would you would have been seventies, wouldn't you? Yeah, and you'd get Christmas special episodes of the sitcom. So you get an mm. Are you being served Christmas special? Generally speaking, they were slightly longer, but it was an event. You, you'd look forward to the Christmas specials. There would be a sitcom that was selected to have the Christmas special made. So if you had an out, are you being served, you wouldn't be having an it ain't half hot mum or whatever. Mm. That was with an upturned lip. What? It ain't half hot mum, like it's beneath us. I quite like it ain't half hot mum. Uh, I, I was never keen. I was never particularly keen at the time. Um, I love are you being served, it ain't half hot mum. Not so much. Oh, well, horses for courses. No, I, um, but it's, it was a golden age of sitcoms. The, uh, certainly the late 70s, early 80s. Don't get me wrong, there's been very good sitcoms uh, in between, but in those days there was a, a there's sort of a sitcom every night, and they were all quite good. And it was the sort of Croft and Perry, um, you know you're going to be safe with this, you know you're going to be able to watch it with, you, with your gran, you know that there's not going to be anything... Offensive, it's not going to... It's 
the family can sit around and watch it and it's not going to be full of smut or or if it is it's going to be buried if if it is then you have to sort of know know the joke so I I was a bit surprised when we did come back Mrs Noah just how sort of close to the mark Mm. some of those jokes were Again, were we watching these programmes through? Because a lot of them I've not actually seen for a long time. Uh, I've never seen Come Back Mrs. Noah. But it was the same stuff. I mean, they were the Dad's Army guys. But So it, was it the innocence of youth? or Well, it must have been. It must have been, because I don't remember anything like that. And Come Back Mrs. Noah, I think I'd been eight or something. Yeah. I thought the, the slapstick was hilarious. And, uh, and actually... I still think it's very, very well done. So Molly Sobden flying about on Kirby Wires. Kirby Wires, good grief, who'd have thought? Anyway, um, I'm going to pull something out of the archive that uh, has, has been ruined for me this year. I planned and planned what I was going to pull out of the Christmas Black Archive. I knew very firmly in my head what it was going to be, and then we've actually got to the moment, uh, they've already fucking found it. It's uh, a song from the Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, You'll be unsurprised to learn, this is one of my staple Christmas viewings. Christmas Eve, Muppet Christmas Carol, just as it's going dark, it's magical. And I do that every year, and I have done since it came out in the, the early 90s. The story of Scrooge is bookended with um, the Christmas past sequence has a song where he, uh, his lover, Belle, when he's a young man, they have a walk in a park and they sing this song, The Love Is Gone. And it's basically Belle leaving Scrooge and he ends up in tears. It's a very, very, very touching thing. And I watched this when I was a kid. And even then, uh, Simon will have no surprise to find that I found it very touching and greeking, as you would put it. And at the end of the film, when uh, Scrooge is, you know, people don't like him and then he gives away all his money to people and suddenly they do like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the film, the love is found. That's the song at the end of the film. So it sort of nicely bookends it. The Disney executives, in their wisdom, excised the love is gone and then lost it. So for nearly 30 years, it's not been around. They found it, remastered it and reinserted it. And so somewhere out there, they are doing um, a 4K remaster of Muppet Christmas Carol and I cannot wait to get my hands on that so I'm black archiving something that actually exists but uh, I'd planned this for a long time so fuck you Disney I'm having it anyway so does that mean it's a gift shop? I don't even need to gift shop this because it's actually going to be available at some point imminently but uh, yeah if you've not seen the Muppet Christmas Carol then there will be people out there who think mm, really Muppet no honestly it's a magical magical touching film it's the Christmas Carol done in a very very good way and I have met people who've been a little bit dubious about it but they've all come round once they've actually seen it. have you seen it? yes uh, you've got the hardest of hearts so I'm not expecting that you're going to be particularly enamoured with it. it it's okay it It's no Muppets Treasure Island. There's no magic in your soul. Anyway, on with the Motley. We have got our Christmas special. So this is Black Mirror, and it's... Is it a Christmas special, this one? It is. Do we have any background to it? When was this made? Don't know. Don't care. So without further ado, it's Ron VT. What are you doing? I'm doing Christmas. Christmas? Packet gravy. How British. Confidence. Just talk to him. Do you maybe want to go somewhere a bit more quiet? You ever been blocked? Stop, or I'll block you. Just please stop. Touch you go. Can't see or speak to them. There's just the shadow. Is it set up? You are all set and ready to go. I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be in here. <laughs> 
it'll be much easier if you just comply. A feature-length special from Charlie Brooker. Black Mirror, White Christmas. As with every Black Mirror that I've ever seen, that was fantastic. What an amazing piece of television. What have we just watched? Um, We've just watched the Black Mirror Christmas special, which was put out in 2014. It's, as you say, it's like every other Black Mirror. Absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, A very clever take on technology taken to the extreme and the horrors that that can produce. I love Black Mirror. Mm. Um, It's the brainchild of Charlie Brooker, who's also known for his screen wipe, so film reviews. And he's written a couple of other things as well. Um, Dead Set, which was a zombie slash Big Brother to piss take. That's passed me by. It's very good. Um, It has a zombie apocalypse and it focuses on a group of survivors who survive because they're inside the Big Brother house. Right. Interesting premise. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's not as good as Black Mirror. And his attempt at out-and-out comedy was a um, a spoof police programme called A Touch of Cloth. I've heard of it. I don't know uh, what it's about. It's the weakest. It, it, it's okay. Um, mm. But it's the weakest thing that he's done. Black Mirror is really his standout. Right. And the technology that this episode focuses on is a thing called a cookie. And it's a little metal sphere that you implant in somebody's head. And after about a week, you've got a copy of their personality and memories. So that's the first piece of technology. The second piece of technology is... The Z-Eye. The Z-Eye, which is cameras built into your eyes that you can't turn off and you can't take out and are connected to your social media account. So it starts off with two men in an isolated cabin at Christmas time. And they've been there for five years and they really don't know each other very well. There's one bloke who's, who's more chatty and is trying to get conversation going and is basically saying, well, look, we've been here for five years. We barely said two word, words to each other. It's Christmas. It's time we should be, be talking and I'll tell you why I'm here. So he tells the story of his life and you, you assume that they're there as some form of exile. Because there are comments like they only let us have the minimum amount of um, essentials, but they've still given us tinsel. Hmm. He starts telling his, his story of sort of his fall from grace. And what he did was use his skills as a psychologist to help lads go out on the pull. So he would um, be with them while they were going into, into bars and, and trying to, to chat to women, telling them what to say, telling them how to act. And it turns out that this is part of a group, um, all of whom sort of watch in on what's going on, but it's only the uh, the psychologist guy who is giving the pointers. And Christmas time, uh, this lad goes to a, it's told to gatecrash a, a works Christmas party. He does that, he, following the cues that he um, that he's given. He manages to cop off with a girl that he's interested in, who is a bit of an outsider. And they get talking and, and she's saying, oh, the only way I coped with it, um, the last Christmas party was by being on drugs, uh, but I've, I've given them up. Um, and this is the last one I'm going, going to come to. I've, I've decided that this is the end of it. And he's, he's assuming that this is recreational drugs and that by this is the end of it, she, she means that she's going to quit the firm. So he's being very encouraging. What's actually going on is that she's mentally ill, has heard voices which were dampened down by the antipsychotic medication that she was prescribed and has stopped taking. 
and she's contemplating suicide, his encouragement to move on and change state, thinking that it was a change of job, is actually she's taken as encouragement to commit suicide. And so she nips off to the loo. And he's arguing with the other lads in the group, I can't go through with this. And she comes back into the room and sees him talking to himself, so thinks that he is hearing the same kind of psychotic voices that she is. So she says, right, come back to my place, we'll do it. He thinks this means they're going to go back and have sex. They get through the door of the flat. She says, away you go into the bedroom. He goes into the bedroom. She comes back with some drinks, gives him some, and he, he doesn't like it. It's, it's, it's very bitter. And he starts coughing and he starts see, seeing blood welling up in his mouth. She tells the story of what's actually going on with her and that, she want, that this is um, an attempt at suicide. And you still see through his eyes and he's laid back back on the bed and he's refusing to drink any more of the drink that he's had. She drinks hers down and then she gets a funnel and puts it in his mouth and pours the rest of his drink down here. So the psychologist freaks about this, grabs all the recorded data, hard drives, that kind of thing, puts it in a bin, intending to uh, to burn it, goes through his house, which is in darkness, and he stands on a couple of kiddies' toys, knocks over the bin, spills the hard drives. His wife comes out of the bedroom and basically says, what the hell's going on? So the whole story comes out. He's done for failing to report a murder and for illegal use of the... Just had eye technology. Yeah. And then he explains what he did for a living, which was um, working for the company that do these cookies. And there's a quite a posh young woman who comes into the clinic, has one of these cookies removed from her. And the next thing you see her is inside the cookie in this little, completely yeah. white room. And she's told, you're a copy. Your job is to, to run the house as perfectly as real you want, because you're the best one to know what, what she wants. And then she completely understandably freaks and screams and says, I'm not doing this. And on the cookie, there is a, um, a setting where they can just forward time with whatever you've set happening over and over and over again. And so he sets it to nothing and says, right, OK, I'll give you three weeks to think about it. Comes back after three weeks and she's a bit freaked, but still refuses to, to do it. And so he said, right, OK, see how you feel after six months. Sets it to six months, comes back and she's absolutely compliant. And you see her at this control desk running the other woman's life. So time to wake up, music to wake up with, shutters go up, toast is made perfectly, everything that she, the coffee's made the way she wants it. Um, when she runs out of things in the fridge, she orders in things in the fridge. Uh, when he finishes telling the story, the other fellow in the, in the house just says, well, that, that's terrible, that's a kind of slavery. And starts telling his story. And um, he was involved with... Uh, married, wasn't he? Uh, no, he was just... He was uh, seeing somebody, uh, yeah. Uh, living with this this woman. And they liked to drink. Um, there, were, there were pictures of him in a, in a pub with a, uh, a friend of theirs. And he was... Kayla had to be seen out of the pub. And then there was a dinner party with him and his girlfriend and, and this same friend. And the friend's new girlfriend. Uh, and they are both knocking back the wine. She's very distracted. Dinner party finishes. She goes up to bed. He says, oh, well, I'm just going to clear up and then I'll be up. And he pulls the bin bag out of the bin. It rips. And they, he sees a positive pregnancy test in there. So it goes up and confronts her. And she says, I don't want to have the baby. They have a blazing row. And you can use the technology of the... Um, the Z-Eye. Of the Z-Eye and social media to block somebody and they become pixelated. You can't see them. You can't hear them. They can't see you. They can't hear you. And she does this, walks out of his life, never comes back. And he realises that it's not just her he can't see. It's pictures of her. They've all been censored as well. And then a few months later, he sees her silhouette 
realises that it's her after having blocked her and sees that she's pregnant. So she's obviously decided to keep the baby. He goes and tries to interact with her and is screaming away that she can't hear what he's saying. He can't hear what her saying, what she's saying because of the block. Passes by, call the police. He gets effectively a restraining order, which means that um, the GPS and the ZIs, if he goes within 10 yards, isn't it, of her? It's something like, yeah. He gets arrested and he's no idea where she's living. So the only place he knows that she will go to is her father's cottage up in uh, the remotes of Scotland, where she goes every Christmas. So Christmas Eve, he goes and looks out for her and she turns up with the baby. And the baby is pixelated as well because offspring are pixelated. So he goes back every year and he starts leaving little presents for the baby, who's by that stage four or five years old. And then he's watching the news and he sees his girlfriend's face come up and she's been killed in a, a train crash, which means that the block has gone. He was a, He's able to see her pictures, but he will be able to see what he, he now, is known, now knows is a daughter. And so... At Christmas, he gets a Christmas present of a snow globe all ready for, for his daughter, turns up. When he finally gets to see her, he sees that she's half Chinese. And so he's not, it's not actually his daughter. It's the daughter of his friend, um, who's obviously having an affair with her. Goes into the house where the only, the only person left is the grandfather. It was a miserable old sod in the first place and continues to be a miserable old sod. Is very unsympathetic and just says... You need to get out of here. There's nothing here for you. And he's having a, a breakdown at the kitchen table and saying, where's my daughter? I want to see my daughter. And the old fellow saying, well, you don't have a daughter here. And he just turns around and lamps him with the snow globe. Fall, falls back onto a, a chair in the kitchen. Seems dead. Bogey can't cope with it. Runs out. And so there's only the little girl left in the house. And in flashback, you find out that she waited a couple of days realised that her granddad wasn't able to do anything, um, that they needed help. So she bundled herself off, uh, up and went out in the snow to get help and then... Died in the garden of cold. Yeah. So not a cheery end. He has gone... He, he, he lives rough in some city or other where he's picked up, refuses to say anything, um, won't talk about what happened. So they give him the cookie treatment... And the isolated farmhouse and the bloke who was talking to him is this psychologist who is using it to get his confession, gets a confession, takes it back to the police and says, OK, we had a deal. Um, you needed me to get this confession. You said I could go free. And the police say, well, yes, we're going to stick to that. You can go free, but you're going to be on a, a register. You're going to be blocked by everybody. And when he goes out to the police station, everybody around him is blocked. And it's a, this white silhouette. But when other people look at him, there's a red silhouette. It's not just this is somebody who's blocked. It's this is somebody who's blocked for doing something really crap. So it's like a, having a big sign on saying, I'm on the sex offences register. And it ends up with the fellow in the police cell, policewoman in charge comes to it and says, well, you've given you a confession. You can keep up the silent treatment as long as you like. We know what happened. Merry Christmas. And her colleague has set the... Cookie. Set the cookie to continuous play of... Um, we wish it could be Christmas every day yep. for a thousand years a minute. Yeah, and they they leave that running over the the Christmas period, so you just see him going mad inside this cookie. That was brilliant. That was it is insanely brilliant. Uh, the, the Black Mirror episodes. The, I've I've only seen a handful, but these have all been 
some of the best written bits of television I've ever seen. I, I take it um, the majority of them are, are concerned with tech, are they? Because the, the they ones that are, are. Yeah, they all are, yeah. It, that's the theme of Black Mirror. Um, it's supposed to be holding up a mirror to our technological society and showing how bad things could be. It's a bit like communities. We're living in the worst timeline. I'd like to say that it's sort of some dystopian nightmare. The problem is there's a lot of it you can actually see happening in the future. That is the the real strength of Black Mirror. It's, it is a real what if. The Zedi thing, again, it's... I can see people being so narcissistic that they... They would like the world to sort of live stream their life to show how, you know, this is this is how I'm going to be. Yeah. And with that kind of technology, you can see how the police would use it. You can see how companies would use it to basically do exactly what they did. So rather than having to set all your preferences for your house control, we will just have a little copy of you mm. doing it. And we're not going to worry about how that little simulacrum that looks and sounds and feels exactly the way you are is going to cope because they are a commodity. I do worry about future ethics. Uh, I mean, I worry about current ethics, but that's a different conversation. uh, Um, Black Mirror is, it doesn't have a bad episode and it doesn't have a, a... an episode that isn't massively thought-provoking. I mean, it's every... From beginning to end, you know something absolutely awful is going to happen because that seems to be the running theme. Some of them do have a nice happy ending. can't remember the name of the episode, but there's one where they're matched with people and, you know, you, you get told how long you're going to date them for. It could be a couple... It could be one day, so it could be a couple of weeks, it could be five years, but that one does have a happy ending. This one, I don't know how long that was. It's got to be it's got at least an hour. But I think it's 90 minutes. Yeah. I think it's three half-hour stories. It, it flew. Absolutely flew. Uh, that was just entrancing television. I can't quite believe how good that was. It's very rare that I watch something, as I say, modern, that really sort of strikes a chord. Black Mirror is one of those programs. That it's just it's thought-provoking, as you said. And there aren't many that are nowadays. It is never anything less than clever. Um, An awful lot of modern television is slightly tweaked copies of other Mm. successful television. Black Mirror kind of stands on its own and there there hasn't really been anything else that's done a similar thing. Is Charlie Brooker sort of the overarching... We can't write them all, surely. I think he has. Really? I mean, Black Mirror's been going for years and I think it's only done six seasons. And they're not long seasons, they're three or four. Oh, right. I'd got it in my head that this was sort of an American-style 20-odd episodes a season thing. No, I, th- I think there was talk of an American re-imaging of Black Mirror. I don't know whether it, it went ahead. I'd love to know why, because it's got a very American feel to it, even though it's clearly got a, a definite foot in a British camp. Well, that that one had, because the, the lead character was American. It was John Hamm, who was... Was he Mad Men? I think so, yes. But all, all the rest of it was, was very British. Mm. It, it comes across as American because an awful lot of it is dialogue from an American character. But the other ones, they've all felt very American too. Mm. Unless I've just seen ones with an American flavour, but uh, they... I, I wouldn't have said so. I mean, you've seen the one about the the elections and they... Um, no, no. Oh, you would enjoy that. You would really enjoy that. But that that's 
very, very British. The ones I've seen then, uh, which are, I mean, the, the two that stick in my mind are the ones where you've got the, the sort of the emoji or the, the, like, the number of likes above your head that everyone else can see and you can't. That was all very American sorts of prom date. Um, yeah, but British kids do proms now. I really don't like that word. It's one of those worlds that sailed over the pond and seems to have stuck. But it has stuck and it's what British kids do, so... <laughs> Why, when did we start importing ideas back from America? Uh, the other one was the one that I've talked about, the dating one. And that was all very American, saccharine, sweet. And it's a very, very deep look at how things could be in the future. The scary thing is I, I can see a lot of it happening. And uh, I've got to admit, it's it's. I don't do Snapchat or anything like that. I don't really do Instagram, to be quite honest. Um, none of it really appeals. It's all a great the online popularity contest. It's only going to go one way, and that is worse. I'm quite happy to divorce myself from a lot of it. No, I, I can't be bothered to Snapchat. Um, I do like in, Instagram because it's basically a, a whole stream of pretty pictures that you have chosen the theme of. And I quite like that. I, I get the theme I, of it, you know, I've the idea. A spare few minutes. Um, I think the but, problem that I've got with it is that Insta in particular, it seems to be this, um, because all social media accounts, a lot of the time, are a pretty snapshot of look how good my life is. The, we, you only ever show that, or, well, I only ever do, the, the best bits. And Instagram's full of a lot of extremely fake people who look how perfect I am. This is my life. I'm perfect. And you should aspire to be me. That side of things I don't like. Somebody puts on pretty pictures of, you know, look what's happened today. Look where I am today. That's nice. I like that. But that's not what a lot of it is. But you can pick and choose which, bit, which bits you see. Trust um, me, I do. And, and Twitter's the same. If you were to read everything that everybody you follow says on Twitter, most people with a Twitter account would never do anything else. If you were to look at everything that everybody you knew who posted on Facebook you would probably never spend much time off of Facebook. Um, now, fa- Facebook, I don't, I don't use. It's a good way of keeping in touch with some people. I use, I use the messenger function, but I don't really use Facebook itself very often. Mm, it's uh, or do we call it Meta now? Meta's the the overarching company, but Facebook's still Facebook, and WhatsApp's still WhatsApp. I use WhatsApp a lot. I, I use WhatsApp. I, I, people have got this crazy idea that. Uh, because there was a time when WhatsApp, you know, fairly recently, WhatsApp was derided. You know, they they know things. You know, we should move over to Signal or whatever the hell it was. But the thing about WhatsApp is, it's the only one of those communication things. And there's, there's Discord and Telegram and Signal they're and all, okay and all sorts of things. But WhatsApp is the only one that uses end-to-end encryption, so it's the it's the safest of any of them. It's this fantasy though that by using any of these. Some are better than others. They're, they're watching you. They know things. They can. They can get. You. They know your details. If you're on social media, they know your details, guys. They know what you'd like to buy off Amazon based on the YouTube videos you're watching on Twitter that you've reposted to Facebook. They know all about you. They know you better than you do. So don't pretend. It's this fantasy that they don't. That they, whoever they are, don't know everything about us. They do. And a fantasy that that has never been, that there's anything other than that's always been the case. Mm. When I moved to Belfast and started working in the chemistry department, I was told outright, the moment that you signed the contract, a special branch file was, was opened on you because you are training in chemistry in Northern Ireland. Everybody who does that is known to special branch. 
because it's where they, both sides of the dispute used to send their bomb makers to learn how to make bombs. And realistically, in the department, we knew who the, the ones who'd come there to learn how to make bombs were because they never graduated. They would do the first couple of years. They would turn up to as many classes as they needed to to pass first year and all of the practical sessions. Second year, they would turn up to all of the practical sessions and then drop out because at that point they had developed the skills that they wanted mm. and they, they weren't interested in going there for the degree. And we, we also knew who the, um, the likely informants on each side and, and for special branch were. And when, when I was first there, and I didn't realise this was going on because I, I only came, got sort of clued in on this later, but when I, when I was first there, I was obviously sounded out mm. as possible informer for the, for the army or whatever because I was British and quite conventional looking and had short hair and for a lot of people it wasn't actually until I grew my hair out and went around went around with a jet black ponytail that it was sort of well that's taking it a bit far for um for an informant to if you were going to do that if you're going to turn up and, and try and fit in that way you would have turned up looking like that mm. but clawing us back to black mirror there's not really a lot else to say about this I could gush about this for days and just keep repeating myself because it is such a clever program and I don't know why I've never watched more of them. It's not its not an active apathy. It's just, it's never happened. And generally, they're quite badly scheduled. It's not like your Doctor Who's or your um, line of duties where they're plastered all over the, the schedules and you, you kind of can't miss the adverts for them. Black Mirror kind of comes and goes and it's a cha- it was a Channel 4 thing. I was going to say, I don't even know what channel it's on. It's got all the hallmarks of Channel 4. I think it was Channel 4 and it was just a sort of, oh, look, there's a new series of, Black Mirror and I've missed the first three episodes out of four. But it is well worth hunting down. That's... Um, yeah, and they're, they're all available on DVD. And probably all four four yeah. overdose or whatever the hell it's called this the, week. There will be modern screening things. M- modern, screening things, yes. yes. Technology. and the, uh, But on that note, boys and girls, I shall sign us off. We hope you have the happiest of Christmases and do not uh, live your Christmas like this Black Mirror episode because that, that was utterly hateful. A thousand years a minute of wish it could be Christmas every day that you can't turn off and you can't kill yourself because you're just a, a little avatar in an egg. How can you go out of your mind when you're already out of your mind? Well, they, they did. he did say that when he was explaining his job, he said that, that there is a fine balance between bringing people to heal and mentally breaking them completely and once they're broken then they they just end up being sold off to to games companies i think he said but yes definitely definitely one to recommend so while you all roast your turkeys and knock back your eggnog we hope you have the nicest of times we shall be back next week with something else we've got our deleted scenes episode coming up which is a, a showreel of all the scraps that we've not used this year but we have also got for new year got a little treat this year we've got another drinking game we've got another drinking game what are we doing this year we're watching the tv movie the doctor who tv movie the doctor who TV. is there any other what are we calling this particular drinking game well we are going to take a drink whenever anybody says time or there there is a um, a focus on it so it's not just there's a clock in the background or somebody's wearing a watch it's focus on the clock face and we are calling this get your clocks out because we are nothing but classy I suspect we're going to be utterly wankered after that one, because there are a lot of clocks in it. A lot of clock waving. But on that note, thank you very much for listening, boys and girls. I hope you have the happiest of Christmases. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Happy Christmas. Bye now. The Exton Moss Experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. 
All featured soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. Title music was performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.